What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your host here, Monster DeFace, bringing you guys another episode this week. Like I said in the last recording, I apologize for the shadow ban and y'all receiving a slightly late Fortnite podcast about the NA Centrals and all the good stuff coming. But don't worry, today we get to jump into the new season hype. Um, we want to thank you guys for, of course, downloading the episode, sharing, checking it out, and vibing with us week to week. Your support makes it worth it. So thank you guys. With that, we're going to be jumping into, of course, our co-host joining us this week. We got Somebody's Gun. We got Panda. We're going to mix it up today. We're going to intro the boy SBG first. Let's go. Whoa. Hey, today's a good day. Aaron Rodgers said he wants to be a New York Jet. And all <laughs> is a matter of time until the trade gets done. We won't have the worst quarterback in the league this year. I'm going to be honest, uh, SBG. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is your savior. Uh, the Jets are just pretty bad. But, uh, you know, listen, things happen. Uh, we'll see how it goes in the new season. But, look, I'm excited, man. Brand new season of Fortnite here, too, to talk about. Yes, sir. Are you sir. starting it this early, Panda? Are you going to do that today? You throw yeah, absolutely. shade this 3, early? 3, 10 p.m. on Wednesday, uh, March 15th. I'm starting it. All right, two minutes in. Panda with the bad takes. Let's see how they continue. Oh, man. That's why Panda's <laughs> second today. Don't worry about it. Today's, today's SBG's a good day. Nothing's going to mess that up. Uh, let's go ahead and start jumping into, of course, the things we want to talk about. We're going to start with the highest ticket item here, and it is there is a new season inside of Fortnite. That's right. The pro players, the community, the scene has had about, I don't know, four or five days or so on the new season. It came out last week. We're already bending our way into the new week here, and uh, I've seen nothing but positive input outside of a couple of things from a few of the coaches, the high-level big brain thinkers, talking about how the game dynamics have been adjusted with some of the zone changes, but we'll get there when we get there. For starters, let's just go ahead and kick it off like out the gate. Quick takes here, SBG, we'll start with you. The POIs, the new map, the, the overall feeling and theme of the game. What's your thoughts, man? So I'm with you. Like generally, it just seems to be one of, if not the most positive releases that I've seen in a while, at least from like a pro player level. And then just scrolling through random Twitter and Reddit, it seems like the general population is loving it too. Bigger map, more loot. It's pretty cool to see the map get extended by not just like a little bit. We got three new POIs smacked into the corner of the map. It extended the map by like 30-something percent, I believe I saw. And yeah, I mean, there are a couple of things. Who knows if Epic's going to keep some of the changes, like the zones that they decided to change up. I don't know yet. Not currently a fan of those. But hey, it's it's early. We haven't seen a tournament, so still time for those to change. And just to hit on some of those POI adjustments, it also influ uh, influences the way the resources on the map are working right now as well. There's just a buff in overall metal i think even stone you know gained as well just from some of the new deposits that have been added and litter around so for sure that was a big i would say pain point of competitive last season like we remember very exclusively folks battling over like the one bridge that can get the only source of good metal to cap out and things like that so a lot of players did have that struggle last season so we'll see how it, it gets adjusted a bit as we lean into the new one but um yeah panda what are your thoughts man on, on the battle pass new season the theme um obviously we got the meta city like what, what are you thinking honestly uh, a huge fan so far um audio unfortunately there's some kind of issue with audio Ooh, that's right. driving me nuts um 
But outside of that, man, I've had a lot of fun. Like, I played all day yesterday with Lash. Like, it, I basically, from the moment I woke up, I went upstairs, started playing until, like, 7, 8 o'clock at night. I was done. At that point, I was done. But, uh, honestly, super fun. Uh, the Kinetic Blade, I think a way more balanced version of the Hammer. Um, I think the new the new area provides a 30% plus increase in loot for the entire map, which is an incredible addition. It was much needed. Um, the battle pass is pretty dope. There's nothing about it that like, like super stands out to me, but you know, I bought all hundred tiers like I do every season. <laughs> so, um, making sure I don't lose out on any of those. Uh, I would say the only thing that I think may eventually need an adjustment is that mythic, uh, has, was it hazard or havoc? No, it's ha mythic havoc shotgun. Yeah. That thing hitting 250 headshot damage and 145 damage to the body is wild. I, I think it's interesting that you, from like an analytical perspective, feel like it needs to be adjusted, but not a single pro has been like, dude, I can't stand going against these this shotgun. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. they're happy to have someone to put somebody down when they, uh, when they do connect. So uh, that is a very interesting perspective. I think from a balance angle... I mean, you're kind of right, right? Like, should there be an overpowered weapon on the map? Remember what happened when we had the legendary drum gun? It was absolutely abused, and people completely disliked it, and they, they wanted it out of the game because of the advantage it gave. But I'm not seeing that same sentiment with the shotgun. And, and I do think, uh, yeah, people are a little, little, little bias going on. Biasism. I don't know if that's a word, but there's some, <laughs> there's some bias uh, takes here for sure. Well, they're distracted by the zones. Ooh, they could be. They could be. Honestly, their focus, their sole focus is talking about the zones. And in my opinion, hot take here, they're not going to change this season. If they change the zones, it won't be until uh, season three. Guaranteed. Let's jump into it. Let's jump into the chat about the zones here. And and I wanna, I wanna frame this by saying, um, I was watching Aussie Antics. Um, Aussie Antics. For those of you guys listening in, he does a lot of viewing parties on competitive stuff. Just in case you've never heard of him. But um, I was watching Aussie Antics. He was giving his perspective on the zones. And he was trying to pinpoint, why did Epic change this? He believes that it has slowed down the game. He believes that it, it's not necessarily done anything to improve the quality of the game. And in fact, that it's caused a more boring mid-game. I don't know if that's just, again, a random perceived notion from the viewing perspective. Or there's some statistics to back it up. But my, my thing I always go back to, and, and I was surprised he didn't add this take in there i think it has to do with performance right and, and there's always gonna to me the big changes like this are probably linked to server performance and that was just my personal take but i didn't, I didn't see him bring that up and i was curious maybe he wasn't um you know again just having a cloudy mind but i, I would think that'd be the first reason they would make any adjustment like this i i have a theory and uh, i think this might lead to be the reason that they did this now, this is not fact. Epic Games has not told me this is the reason they've done this, to be very, very clear to the audience at home. However, I think this change comes after seeing advantages for teams landing in, in areas where the zone pools. They felt that it was too unfair if, if you get a north zone right off the rip. Now that south zone uh, or south team has to rotate as far as they do. Now with the new zones, rotating has never been easier. Unfortunately, people like uh, Blood X believe that the game is too easy now however I, I do feel like now the zones don't affect the teams as much and it's more about the the general skill of the players versus hoping that you pull the right zone so that you could do the right things at the right time 
Now, that is very, very cool to think about. So you're saying because the distance from one safe zone to the other is shorter, in theory, a better team, higher skill cap, should absolutely be able to make that transition with much less variable stopping you from getting to that safe zone. 100%. And, and that's, again, that's why I think that change was made. Just I a didn't, personal I didn't, opinion. I didn't think about it from that angle, but I, I mean, I love that that take if, if it's true. It feels true to me. Um, yeah, I mean, the, to me, there's, there's logic there. Uh, somebody's gun, do you have do you have a perspective on this? Is this, is this something you've thought about or, or chatted about? So for me, I don't think that really changes much. It's more the map that prevents teams from doing well rather than the time, right? Because there's just such strong points on the map with these cliffs and these hills. It doesn't really matter how much time you have. If you have to walk through this open field with a team bearing down on you with two red dots, like you're not doing that. If you have five minutes, 10 minutes, a half hour, um, especially teams like Cami and Seti that just clear out entire areas and then there's nothing to hide behind. So you can't even break line of sight. So I, I don't know that that is why I would guess it, it is performance, but I've seen what Blood X said. I don't agree 100% with what he said, but I do find this change to be a net negative for the viewing experience and also for the difficulty of the game. We've extended what I see as the most boring part of the game that no one really cares much for is the, the mid game. Just a bunch of people boxed up, sitting in towers, getting Storm Surge, and then the desperate teams taking bad fights trying to get above Storm Surge. And like to me, that's just not good Fortnite. The best teams are pretty much going to be doing nothing, just sitting in a tower taking damage. And then the bad teams are just going to be taking bad fights and potentially griefing somebody because we've extended this mid-game period because zones close much slower. And then also, the best part of the game, what everyone is striving for, the end game, is now gone in a flash. Like The zones move so quickly, there's less time in end game, and the zones don't really move that far. So overall, I'm not a fan. Like as someone who just watches and commentates on the game, I play it myself, but who cares? Um, I don't like the changes because this is just going to mean for all of us as casters that we're going to be sitting there waffling for 15 minutes every game in between the early game fights and the end game. And both of those are going to end in like two to three minutes. And then that whole middle chunk is us just talking about nothing. Right. I think that is an unintended effect. I think on paper you would you would assume, oh, hey, look, more you know, more in between zones. So teams have to leave these bases and get to these new points sooner. So there's more action. But yeah, in theory, it, it's non impactful action. It's nothing um, serious, right? To really focus in on. I, I I absolutely agree with you. I think if we wanted to make the game become more interesting, moving zones have to start sooner in general, like straight up. Um, I don't know what that would look like if an entire zone constantly moved and it was just sliding. That could be very interesting because then we have a forever moving situation if you're on edge. What would that look like? Um, don't know. Will it ever be tested? Probably not. Maybe yes. Who knows with Epic at this point. And there's one other piece is we no longer have like the half in, half out zones. We have like these 90-10 zones with most of it in the safe area. And I mean, maybe it goes to 70-30, but I don't think it's any more than that. And that inherently makes the game go slower as well, because there's more space to post up and claim rather than having to fight for half of the zone or going really late and getting in on the other side. So 
inherently that slows down those zones as well because not everyone needs to claim space and pile on top of each other there's enough where everyone can simply just like claim their own and then cool there's a little extra space that moves once storm moves so Overall, I would like to see those maybe pushed up a zone or two, and it could be bigger. Like, it could be bigger zones, but start moving, like you said, moving the zones faster. They could be bigger zones than what we've seen in the past, not necessarily straight end games. but I also don't, like, why did we have to change this, guys? I, yeah, I, so like weird. I said, I, that, that's why I really think it's it's linked to performance, man. Even, even like you said, the half and half in zone being completely removed technically or, like, adjusted in a way that... um makes it that less people have to combat for those areas. It's just less chaos. It's literally less movement. Uh, there's there's less, probably, again, action going on in, the, in those moments. But like you said, it's less significant action too because that zone was so important for teams deciding, okay, I'm going to build up here. I'm going to do X, Y, Z, where, again, now you're not as you're not as stressed to make those decisions. So the, the whole flow of the game has been changed. Um, Panda, I saw you motioning to, to hop in. Yeah. What you got? Yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to go on the opposite end and think that it's not performance based. The reason I say that is there are more people alive longer in the current games now. So it's not like it's reducing the player count. Plus there's going to be more builds in the in the mid game because every everybody's boxed up because there's more players, right? So I don't I don't fully understand the change, but the it, there is one effect that it has caused that has not been it, it, necessarily enjoyable outside of obviously the mid game issues and that is the heal off it has now more yeah it's it's literally basically your only option now yeah it, to just heal off in the end game it, and because to of me that's that's not exciting everything else no it's not so that again unintended effects uh however i do feel like it, there's a good chance that it doesn't change so for teams that are like out there listen treat this practice now like it is going to be the way that it is and there might be adjustments to the way that we see it now, but I highly doubt we ever go back to like the nine zone structure, at least not this season. Well, let, let's talk about these adjustments. The Slurp Juice now, legendary variety. It does, what is it, six, five or six uh, health tick, which is an enormous amount of health in a much faster period of time now. Um, almost combating the whole idea of like storm like it literally just negates storm for such a long time and for very late storm zones like in the past if you were in that five tick zone there was almost nothing that will keep you alive for very long um you can travel extremely long distances now because of the legendary slurp juice you actually heal faster than the five tick very interesting change have no idea why they would make that one um as powerful as they have but to your point, they, they've made the end games, yeah, literal heal offs, like completely viable. Panda, what what are what are your thoughts on the slurp juice adjustments? Um, slurp juice, I think, stays the way that it does, right? You like However, it like this, or you just think it's not going to change this season? I do because it's not like um, slurp juices are just everywhere, right? You, you're not getting them out of every single chest. You're not getting them out of like coolers. You're getting them out of uh, the vaults, and you're getting them out of the new caches that drop across the map so it's not like they are everywhere so it, basically teams will have to fight and land for one of those areas that are guaranteeing those if that their full plan is to heal off i think we're just seeing it now in practice uh play out the way that it is however again these pros are going to adjust more and more this is a brand new change 
to what otherwise was a massive change to the game. So it, it's going to take time for pros to adjust, even us to adjust uh, as we're watching it. I do agree, though, and I think this is going to be one of those things that, uh, from a broadcast perspective, needs to be looked at, is now the mid-game is going to be considerably slower. So what do you, like? What are some like viable options? Keep the 12-zone concept. Um, keep the way that the first three zones work, in my opinion, but adjust some of that mid-game, like cut away some of that mid-game to add on to the end game or even cut the overall time of the game down a bit. Um, that still allows for players to rotate in and um, rotate effectively without having to rely on, Ooh, did I get the zone or not? I just have one question. Um, with the new adjustments of the zone, how long is a full game of Fortnite? I didn't, I didn't even really look at the math there. Did the game get longer? Somebody said, um, technically it did not by any significant amount. I think it's like a minute ish 30 um but the minute the game is 25 minutes and 20 seconds that's the the length of a game now but a little quick piece while i have it so we've pretty much cut out almost two minutes of end game so from moving zones previously to moving zones now we have two minutes less of those even though we technically have more zones we added a minute of full game time, but took away two minutes of everyone's favorite part of the game time. Now, here's another theory that just hit my mind. What if these changes come because Endgame is a little too chaotic for the casual average viewer tuning in from home trying to figure out what is going on? Let's be honest, that Endgame is fast-paced. It's, it's crazy to follow. It's why we love it, but the casual person can be overwhelmed by the experience trying to watch that. It hasn't changed, though. We still get that end-game chaos. It's just a shorter period of time and faster. So nothing really changed except, like, jamming it all in. Like, it's like your homework's due at the next period, and you got five minutes in between classes, and you're just trying to jam all, like, the answers onto a page <laughs> as opposed to, like, doing it beforehand, which is now what end-game is. Yeah, yeah. I, I could be completely missing there. Felt like I missed, but... It's an idea, nonetheless, at this point. Uh, we, we're sitting on this topic for quite some time because it's, it's a mind-boggling kind of adjustment. It's a big change. one. It's a huge change. It, it, every time we have a zone change, um, even when they uh, added the extra timers back in the day to just extend the first zone and stuff, like these things completely change the dynamic of the game. Let's jump into some of the uh, the nitty-gritty, though, these items. So we, uh, we obviously chatted about the sword, the kinetic blade. Amazing balanced version of what we called the hammer. Um, think of it in, just in that way. You can rotate with it. You can do some damage. There's some exploits where if you're at the, a perfect distance, shout out to Resub, drop the video, showing that you can break into boxes with it. So I really like that that bit of skill gap. Yeah, maybe it is an exploit and it can get changed, but I like the idea of the options there if someone was to set up for the play. Moving towards well, the shoddies. Oh, go ahead. No, well, and just quickly on the kinetic blade. Yes, it's 21, 22 meters. Uh, it gets you directly into the box. However, you have to remember, when you get into the box, there's a delay between you having the, the sword animation and you being able to shoot. So if the player is ready for you, it's not a good play. But if you are a player that is looking to use that in your gameplay, make sure it's it's in a position where they're going to be caught off guard and you could potentially take them out at that point. Yeah, 100%. But to Panda, your point from earlier, sound is a, is a little crazy right now. So mm -hmm. it's it's a guaranteed, uh, just about guaranteed free Elam if, if you're not in a full-on head-to-head engagement and someone's preparing for you to enter in. Um, as we all know, Endgame 
you're not really you don't know who's gonna who's gonna jump in so and that can happen completely on accident we've seen that just on rotates as players jump in front so um let, let's talk about the shotguns though the shotgun adjustment widely accepted people love the damage that's coming out of these new weapons um i don't know the base damage like whether or not the what the lowest shotgun rarity does versus the the strongest but obviously we know the best mythic version is giving you that 250 um pump basically get out of jail free card the combat shotgun has become a staple return in the in the rotation of shotgun options i was watching some competitive play pro players not too heavily happy uh, not too happy when they have a combat shotgun over the the havoc um varieties but it's not a bad option it's not it's not a bad they just know it's not the greatest yeah it's definitely the worst of the three yes. um and I, I was talking to panda and lash about this the other day we were trying to figure out how to make three of the shotguns viable because it seems like right now the combats doesn't really fill a gap right you have the really strong up close one pump shotgun then you got the the maven which is pretty much the tax so we're, we're almost back to tack pump right which is what everyone has loved in the past and then there's just the combat that doesn't really seem to fill a niche here um and i i think one of the ways that it could work is increase the distance damage so it's like a gun that does better damage at a distance than other shotguns. But that's the only thing. I do love the Maven, uh, or not the Maven, the Havoc Pump shotgun. It's feel great to be smacking kids in the face with those pumps. Uh, and the only complaint I have is the audio, and I figure that'll get fixed soon enough. I was just going to, I just want to add in, I feel like we fly a little too close to the sun if you make the combat kind of, its original version where the damage at long range you wouldn't even run an ar at times because why why battle the bloom to tag a person in the air when you could just pelt them with the combat with that fast fire rate from long distance but that's what i loved about it the game felt really fun because you're getting rewarded with the hit markers on the combat at that at that time i don't know i would like for the shotgun to go there but i do think it was a it was a bit abused just look back at any mongrel clip he was just gross with combat for some some mm -hmm. reason uh, yeah, you fly around them, you're 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 done. <laughs> That's kind of how good it was. But yeah, it's in a place where at the moment it is definitely the the least favorable of the bulk. If you get the havoc pump, I'm sure you guys have experienced. It's a great shotgun. It hits hard, sounds good, and uh, has all that rewarding stuff. Um, those are the biggest changes that obviously came to new season. Slurp juice, the new map, the swords, the shotguns. Um, but then we have like these these pulse rifles, very uh, <laughs> very uh, very strong. I don't know how uh, okay. else to put it, dude. The fire rate, just broken. disgusting. You go broken. as far as saying broken? Broken. So <laughs> here's the thing, right? There you, there, there could be like four that drop on the map. It only drops on the map fourth zone when this island appears in the sky. Everyone is racing for this island yeah. to claim it and get the pulse rifle. And the pulse rifle fire rate hip fire is insane. It does 54 damage to the body hip fire, 80 something to the head. And then if you ADS in, it still does 54 headshot damage. So the thing is incredibly powerful. And with the fire rate the way it is, I was playing yesterday with Lash. And Lash and Ben, I think. Yeah, it was Lash and Ben. And Ben and I are alive. We're, we're winning every fight. We have 20-plus Elims in this game. And all of a sudden, the team with the, the <laughs> blasters, we got one on our sidewall, one from above. 
and they were spraying so quickly that they were able to, their third teammate was able to take our floor and cone above while they're spraying it, edit in, and the other one is still pressuring us against the wall. So it's like, it's just absurd, the power that is in this pulse rifle. Now, I I, yeah. I like this idea. I do think we, we were just chatting about how do we change the mid-game to like add a dynamic that makes it interesting. What if, and this now this is getting a little crazy, what if in the mid-game, or the, the loophole in general, there was like no upgraded like var varieties for the first couple zones until these POIs pop up and you force people to like go fight for like epics and legendaries at set location. That could completely change it because like you said, there is a race to get to this great, these great items, essentially these these pulse rifles, and people are fighting for them. They're just that good. Um, so we we do have some kind of new coverage that's going to happen, even in the in the way this is all broadcasted. Like I'm sure that's going to be a focus point outside of just, uh, of course, surge battles and stuff. Um, so there there could be a world where the the dynamic of the game maybe it shifts a little bit. Maybe BR just kind of needs that extra little enticing reason for people to move in and play for better items as things kind of spawn in in different locations. I don't know if it was the, uh, was it the Star Wars season where like you could see the crash? Although crash ice wouldn't necessarily come down. It was when the, the Goku collab was coming in and you would see the capsules come flying in if you were like, oh yeah, I'm going to go beeline for that thing. Like what if that's how they, I don't know. I know it sounds a little different. It's a little wild, but would that make it fun? Is that like not? Well, they kind of have. They kind of have something like that with the POIs or the, the singular POI. And then they have the combat caches, which are similar to the capture points. And all you have to do is go claim it. And then I think you sit on it for like a minute. It mm -hmm. pops open, gives you at least two weapons, gives you a bunch of heals, mats, ammo. So those drop all over the map, which I, I really do like as a change because now say you're scuffed in the mid game. You just got out of a fight. You go fight for this combat cash, boom. All right, you're right back in it. You're in the game and you're chilling. So that could be a point of contention that we get to start to see some fights around. And to be We've fair seen to that Epic, in scrims. Yeah, and to be fair to Epic, they I, it looks like that was their fix to a boring mid-game, was to add these things that variably, variably affect each zone for the first few zones in the mid-game. Because zone one is the henchman spawn in the vault areas. So you have to stay at your POI until the henchmen spawn if you want that mythic shotgun and or the vault or whatever else is in the vault. And then you have the, the combat caches, you have the POI, and there's rifts around the, the floating POI too. Like there's there are things that affect the way the game is played at that level. But again, pros are are at to a point where they know what they know that mid-game in their head is box up, wait, and, and play it a certain way. I just think we could see a shift in the way the mid game is played. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess the the yeah the solution is there. The whatever I just proposed basically does exist in in its own way and variety. But yeah, deprogramming or reprogramming pro players' brains to play differently so it's more exciting. That's the hard part. Now you have to weigh the risk and reward of the safety net play style because you're you're where you need to be and yeah you know. Fortnite's a game of skill. Like you can literally get by being extremely scrappy. Like and and everyone knows that. Um, a good fighting team, it doesn't matter what the other guys have as, as far as loot goes. They're better. They're just better. They're gonna outplay you. And usually position is king too at that point too. It plays a huge factor. So no one's gonna trade that off for like better loot because they know it's not gonna matter. 
I think the toughest part about retraining people is the way the placement point system works. Like, you don't really get rewarded for fighting in the mid-game because at most you're going to get one or two points, whereas, like, the majority of the chunk of points you get are earned in those final couple of zones. And I don't think any of us want to go back to, like, a heavy elim format either but I, I do think maybe some bonuses some like special things that we've seen in the past i'm pretty sure we've talked about this at length several different times but like big bonus when that was a thing at certain times of the game you get more points for elims uh just something you know that could help out yeah and, and that's that's a hard one to balance to make it feel competitive and fair uh because we have seen how that can work and, and or yeah a team just take it away i mean Remember what Reverse 2K did. Like, he just had one good big bonus. Man became a, a very wealthy kid at a, at a young age. That's all it really took. Uh, but with that, guys, that's a new season, man. The, our first thoughts of the season, I think we all are giving it two thumbs up. It's been very well received. A lot of new changes, but big changes, too. These are, are definitely significant ones. We're not going to know how they're going to play out until the Cash Cups return and real comp stuff kicks off. There hasn't been anything worth watching recently that can give us a gauge on how it is i think the first tournament coming up is going to be the el Giganten cup um that's a european based cup which should be rolling up soon it's going to be like his um another just iteration of it if i'm not mistaken i feel like i, I heard about that but i think it just happened it might it might actually be today like it might have happened today. yeah it was it was the standings for tonight which was yesterday uh-huh so there might be a like the next phase of them might be coming up here soon. But yeah, there was definitely a competition yesterday because Merstash and Tayson came in second to Bevies and, and Pablo. There and that was is. a big uh, point of uh, contention, how Bevies and Pablo might come back this season. Yep. So th that's the only bit of uh, information, if you will, that we get to you know research on. So definitely want to take a look at that. Just, just see how the game's playing out, man. What's the dynamics like? What do these end games look like? Um, and, and that'll, that'll give us our full thoughts on the season, but hopping into, uh, because it's the new season and plenty, plenty of new things are coming. DreamHack announced that they are making their return with Fortnite as an offering and this time bigger than ever, but also very, very different. Significant changes coming to their offerings. No longer will we have a full on build event. It's going to be zero build in San Diego for 250 thousand dollars kicking off around april 7th through the 10th weekend so uh mark it on your calendars if you're in the california area and you want to make a drive on down or buy some tickets they are up for sale what are our thoughts man 250k dude to zero build Big. build events getting left in a dust what, what's up gamers 8 coming in hot with this one on the promo side you yeah. know is there a connection here I think there could be, and a lot of people are speculating that as well. We saw Boop and Reese talking about it, but Reese also talked about uh, something else that I thought was interesting. He brought up the fact that it seems like third-party events are focusing more and more on zero build, while the like obviously the main channel FNCS is the is all standard BR. So I think it's a, an interesting thought, but I'm curious to to what extent that is valid because it, it would be. I, I still think there should be some build events outside of what is happening uh on fncs it's, yeah, it's interesting it's the the big thing to me is thinking through like are the only events that we're going to have going to be like the official epic online ones and then 
the yearly in-person event at the end of the year because i mean again we were playing with lash yesterday and one of the things he was talking about is you know for fncs this event as cool as it is doesn't really build into the storylines it's zero builds it's international competition so zero build compared to build they're pretty much two separate games so it's you can't really take much from what happens here at san diego and then bring it on to fncs that starts the next week now is that a good or a bad thing i genuinely think zero build is good for the health of the game gets more people involved they feel like they have a chance to win and it's a much simpler game to watch i've seen so many comments of people being like oh dude I love watching Zero Build. It's so easy to follow. It's it's easy to understand. I don't know what's going on in the regular Fortnite games. And maybe that's a problem for us, right? Because I know we all like the regular games and we cast, so we could inherently be part of that problem. But I think it's just easier to follow. There's a lot less that goes on, and it's paced much more regularly, where fights happen more organically rarely if ever do you see storm surge and does that cause fights so zero build is just like a a much easier to consume uh style but you you could say it it's a better br product (laughs) at the moment (laughs) (laughs) okay it's a better viewer experience it's a better viewing product i will give you that one it It is is easier to follow for the casual person yeah yeah no i'm 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 with you and we see it um but People have to understand, right? And there's a lot of pros upset that DreamHack's not offering a build event. Um, Like you said, there is such a void in the space. And that void can only be filled with advertiser dollars. And this has been an ongoing issue for years now. Epic doesn't make it easy for advertisers to play game, uh, yet alone when you have such a complicated product, right? Like, Like we're talking like just what is Fortnite, just build and events and stuff. It's pretty tough to get brands to buy in. Um, the the sexiest appeal is that you know they can tap into this very what we call cheap pro market and all the influences that the pros have, as that's really the only kind of leverage that you have there. Otherwise, it is tough. It is tough, and we don't see a lot of advertising dollars in, in the build space. It's only slowed down more and more as the years have gone on, as the major tier orgs have again fizzled out of these um, out of the Fortnite space in particular. Uh, the only team that we've seen really expand aggressively is Team Dignitas in recent times. And, you know, we saw their signings. We got to talk about it all last week. They are yeah. crushing it. What they've done in from then till now, uh, you know, don't know, you know, but they're they're crushing it. They're the only team that's really going crazy. Well, it looks like they're planning another um, meetup in Dallas. So uh, it looks like they're going to continue this uh, almost like a tour uh, of them just like doing these pop-up events which i think is super cool but it's also super smart uh, going into fcs you bring all the players to texas you give them a training facility a place to live like it's smart on their part um but i mean speaking of uh things going on in texas it's not just dignitas bringing pros in there's a lot of pros already moving there what is, is. Uh, Bucky just tweeted out he was driving from on his way. <laughs> what? Yeah, like a, yeah. A good in the car. Fifteen hundred mile drive all the way down to Dallas. Clicks is there too. He's streaming from like a sick penthouse. Oh, dude! You can see the city. It looks so nice. Uh, uh one other thing before we move away from uh DreamHack, there was also a Melbourne event announced. So for you OCE people, there's a 10k solo event. 
We don't know whether it's going to be build or zero build. It hasn't been announced yet, but $10,000 for another dream hack, which tells me we're two for two on the year. The, the two in April both have Fortnite events. There's a lot more coming over the next year. There's a Japan one. There's Sweden. Whoa. We know Dallas, Dallas Atlanta. Atlanta. You know? So, Hey, it could be a big one for Fortnite Lance. I mean, shout out to DreamHack, man. <clears throat> you know, stepping up and, and putting on what is the only big in-person alternative, uh, you know, kind of filling filling that void there. It, it's a unique version. It's a bring your own computer. It's not your traditional land. There's no crowd or anything like that. But hey, in-person competition is the best type of competition, like hands down. Um, I'm looking at Bucky's Twitter, though. He, he says, see you efforts in Texas. So he's dead serious. His time looks like over a 24-hour drive, um, 22 hours, actually. So he hopefully does plan to stop somewhere. I see a can of Monster and a cappuccino in his, <laughs> on his front <laughs> cup holder. So we can see he's very much caffeinated for the drive. Um, but the tweet before that one, which I'm very happy to see, he just says, hey, if zones get reverted... It's going to be one of the most fun seasons to play. So everything's good. Just zones are on his bucket list of things to get adjusted. Very, very cool. But with that, well, let's jump into some more, some more of these things that are happening. So pros are indeed transitioning their way towards Texas. Zero pings here. Um, NA is now just, that's it, merged into these, these central servers for all competitions, including custom lobbies that are hosted in-game, auto-forced to central as well. So that that's a change. Like literally, all signs are pointing to possibly the the shutdown of east and west servers and the the launch of just more central stuff. Who knows? I'm making that up, but I'm just saying if they're putting all <laughs> customs there too, who, who's to say that we even need east and west dedicated versions, right? Um, because clearly yeah. there's west less west players anyway, so the cost there is probably crazy. Well, I think from a competitive side, that makes sense. I think for a casual base, uh, while they don't care as much about ping, if the game doesn't feel right to them and they don't know why, mm. they're, they again, they, it might affect them actually True. playing the game. So, uh, And the casual base is obviously the biggest part of uh, the Fortnite scene, for sure, with 250 million active uh, users every month. But for me, uh, I'm going to be honest, Central Service haven't been that bad. I've been kind of fortunate. I'm here in North Carolina, and I'm getting 27 ping, 25 ping in a game. So which is great. Which, yeah, I mean, it works perfect for me. But then what the crazy thing is, like, SBG lives close to me, and he was telling me he's getting, like, 50 ping. Which is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting like, on, like, 50 to 60 ping. I'm yeah. like, what? How? Like, why does that even make sense? There's, there's, like, there's one extra node between <laughs> you and somebody's <laughs> gun that's just terrible for his ping. Um. Hey, this this is this is leaking, of course, all into players' decisions to move. Uh, the biggest the biggest person that we've seen make their announcement and just showcase the penthouse is that boy clicks, man. He's got himself a nice, beautiful location somewhere in Dallas. A little high rise setup. Uh, got to watch the stream yesterday. His vibes are are at the tippity top as he's been competing with. Uh, is it scented right now as his teammate? Um, SBG, you had a lot to say about this team, man. He wasn't too sure how they were going to, you know, how they were going to do. It was, it was a wild card team, but it seems like things are moving in the right direction. Yeah, so I'm not going to lie. I don't think that from a personality perspective, these two necessarily match. Scented has seemed like someone that doesn't necessarily enjoy the spotlight. Clicks is the exact opposite. Probably the biggest Fortnite creator currently. Uh, at least without 
Cypher PK doesn't count because he's one of the gods of content creation at the moment. Nonetheless, um, it just didn't seem like a good personality clash, especially because Scented has typically always been someone that is against stream streaming scrims or any kind of tournament play. And they've been streaming on the past couple of days. Seems like they're having fun together. So currently it's meshing, but I think ultimately what it's going to come down to is the results. If the placements aren't there, these two won't mesh no matter how much fun they're having, because we all know Scented's goals are not simply like just placing in grand finals. It's top five, top 10 balling out. And, and let's not forget, Clix's goal is literally get a god IGL so he could just unhinge himself in, in battle and follow someone's lead. So I think I think because Clix is getting what he needs, he's just the, the performance booster to the team, like in general. Um, and, and we've seen him fight. He is playing very well right now. He's got the placebo effect of zero ping in his brain. And, you know, in his opinion, he hasn't been any better. And that's scary because, like, those things matter. Your mental matter. So he's in, a, he's in an awesome mental space. I think, it, I think it's playing well for Scented, who's obviously had a bit of a tougher year. Um, but this is his time to, like, reinvent himself. And he's got this awesome community of uh, Clicks fans that have been like, very well received to, uh, to him and, and their, their pairing. So... This could be everything Senta needed. This is definitely everything that Clix wanted as far as a player goes. And this is the first time I think Clix has ever really gotten the chance because, like, to, to pair with, like, a super tier one mega, like, superstar Fortnite player, like, top, top, top of the line, that's a problem amongst the, the most popular. The most popular usually are the ones that are shunned out because, like you said, people like Senta, they just want to focus on the game. They don't want the spotlight that comes with it. So. Usually, the popular guys don't get a chance. Remember Ronaldo? Ronaldo never got a chance because we were like, they just didn't want to play with him. It was, it was too much package, if you will, too much baggage. Um, and Clicks never had that opportunity either until now. Well, I will say he did play with Dukes, and, and Dukes obviously FNCS champion. They did well. Uh, the, the, and they did very well together. It was interesting to see them split last season and then see Season and, or not Season, um, Clicks and Donnie do better than Scented and Dukes. And honestly, Scented and Dukes didn't have the strongest season. Uh, neither did Clicks and Donnie. Both, uh, I think, uh, yeah, Clicks came in 29th, and then Scented came even further down on the on the leaderboard. So definitely not the performance that Clicks was looking for or Scented, uh, which makes sense why they're coming together and making these changes because genuinely both have a lot of talent. Clicks, very talented at the game. Obviously, mechanically, he is just insane. He was doing very well as an IGL, and obviously he's using Blood X, I believe, as a coach. So he's improving uh, literally season over season every t every single time until last season. So uh, definitely a good swap, and I think they have a lot of potential. And I definitely think they'll be in the top 10 of the leaderboard. However, do I think they can challenge the Kanadas, the Acorns, the Cold, like the Amzo Rise? No, I, I just don't see it as of right now from what I've seen so far. I think if they stick together, they can. I think this genuinely Absolutely. could be their first FNCS that both of them win, which is surprising that neither of them has won one yet. But looking at how they play, if they continue to play together, take it seriously, because that's one of the problems we've seen with clicks in the past is doesn't start to go his way, goes back to focusing on content, not necessarily gameplay, which, you know, teach his own, do your thing. That won't fly with Scented, and I, I think that in the back of Clicks' mind is going to keep him accountable. And then 
play style wise, like you mentioned, scented needs no commendations on how good of an IGL he is. Clicks now has had two seasons plus of learning how to IGL and now can put that all in the back of his brain to help a team play and not make those boneheaded mistakes that he used to just by jumping in a box or getting overly aggressive. So I think now he's become almost the perfect fragger because the mechanics are always there. But now he's got the brain power to back it up where it's like, I I know what I would be yelling at if my fragger was doing that to me. So let me just not even do that and play what seems like a perfect game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, you guys are throwing out some bold statements about uh, where this team's going to perform. I'm kind of indifferent. I think it can definitely go and swing either way. So I'm going to stay there. Um, But I'm also looking at people like Miro who've already thrown in the towel this season. Talking about it's full content mode. He's conned. It is what it is. We only know these things because there's uh, an NA uh, uh, practice. What do I call it? Uh, showdown happening right now. Stretch returns from retirement. Um, he decides that he's going to bring back elite scrims. As we all know, vital scrims has been the um, at the helm of practice over the last two years or so. Definitely the last year, the uptick in NA practice has gotten so much better with the with Manu just leading things over at Vital and trying to create a structure. And he, he's done a damn good job at, at creating the structure. So with Stretch to come in and basically decide he's going to start hosting his own practice, it has almost split the scene in half. And the person that has been most vocal and, and pissy about it is for sure Aussie Antics because his content is ruined. Um <laughs> he went from having, let's just say, you know, 10 or 15 streams all in one location and theoretically should have gotten better because you have more people with the NA West and NA East merger playing in one type of practice. So you're now having like five perspectives, if that, on a, on a good evening so far. Um, and that's because the player base has been split. So you have Stretch basically saying he'll ban you if you play in Vital Scrims. And then you have the Vital Scrims people saying, if you sign up and then you don't show up, I'm banning you as usual anyways. So yep. there's, there's this whole thing in NA. Um, the practice is split, but we are getting some type of practice, which is um, definitely good. Thoughts? I'm curious what Stretch's intentions are, to be honest. Like, obviously, Stretch now coming back to the game, hyped to to see him return to competitive form. However, it's like, Vital has been running pretty well, and it's finally like catching its bearings as they combine into Central. It's interesting for him to make the decision. There's a lot of people accusing him, like saying, hey, he just doesn't want to be contested, and this is his way of making sure that he's not contested. But I'm curious what your thoughts are, SBG. So it comes down to how they're run, right? They don't want zone rules. They don't want set drops. This is how Prack used to be run back in the day. I mean, practice server, we got the the OG right next to us. Those scrims were pretty much you land wherever you want. You grief the spots. At a certain point, Zate will step in and be like, all right, no, you're ruining everyone's practice by doing this. But you used to be able to just battle it out game after game, contesting the same POI, and then not having pretty much zone rules which is what's in manu's server yeah. but at the same time manu's games are stacked and you're getting that end game practice so a lot of players were in like different people's mentions and stuff like that being like oh you know this side's better this side not none of us care right like the players are just gonna do whatever they think is best for them 
And ultimately, that's what it's going to come down to is who hosts the best practice for the players. So while they figure this out, everyone loses. Here's my problem. I think the perception of what quote-unquote stacked is is just completely wrong. Um, just because there's no zone rules, right? And, and people land and they fight and this lobby goes from, let's say, 100 to 65. That does not take away the quality of what that end game is going to turn out to be because we saw those games still ultimately have great in-game performances. Now, you may not think that if you were um, only taking things at surface value based off of what you were hearing from someone like Aussie Antics who is like just bashing the, you know, the, the practice overall. If you just look at it and came to your own conclusion, you'd see like, these games are pretty decent. Like, yeah, it was totally dead, right? Air quotes dead, zone one, zone two, because the fights happen. But once you got to the mid-game, the end games, you still get the same practice. So it is one of those things. And then that eventually just led into, like, all the players just thinking, like, obviously the games are dead, and they all just started keying at all, all moments in the zone by the time, like, the third game was hosted. So it has for sure been way more destructive than it has been beneficial. But... Not in the sense if you were looking for early game drop spot practice. I mean, you're definitely getting it there at the highest levels. So I think I think there's a I think there's an argument to be made that yes, Stretch wants this perfect world where you play the game like like you're gonna play it like it's gonna be as real as it gets versus this artificial games are stacked because we're making sure no one fights. It is kind of dumb if you think about it. It's, it's not a real early game simulation by any means, and there's literal. And this is why this is what people don't like. A lot of pros don't like in these vital scrims. There are literal dedicated areas that you can battle and contest one another. It, it's all manufactured. And why have a like a, a BR that's literally manufactured? You can only fight here and here and here. And then you train the players that way. And then when the real thing kicks off, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna it, the fights are manufactured. It, it's it really is kind of odd if you think about it. Yeah, I do like the realism of elite scrims. It's just over manufactured. The, the idea of like the drop maps and what they do for like the heat zones of where you can fight. It's, it's literally over manufactured. Like it's, it's kind of bad. My fear though is the players that play in these games need to police themselves and Stretch needs to police it. I agree. And there's very few. I can name like one player that's been successful at policing scrims and that's Zate and that's been a long time ago. Typically what we've seen is people like Boop and Manu who run these scrims don't have a stake in the game. They run them to the best of their abilities and they've lasted, right? These have been going on a long time, but if we all now blow this up because I say we, it's not, if the players all now blow this up because they want to practice with stretch and he can't properly police it, and the players themselves can't police themselves, we're going to be going back to everyone wanting to play vital scrims because everyone's just fighting off spawn. It, and I think I think it is going to happen eventually. I don't see Elite lasting for very long. Stretch came into this, I think, with the best intentions. Like, I want to bring back the OG, the golden days of how we ran practice, but the players themselves are not necessarily in that same mindset. They are, again, like you said, not holding themselves accountable to a quality level of play. They are letting their, you know, short-term interest to just get an itch out in a, in a good fight out, um, take over the the best interest of, like, what a what an end game would really play like or a real finals lobby would play like. And that's the problem. It comes down to the players. 
I think with time, though, if, if Stretch really wanted this to be good, it can be. And it can be good without any of these, like I said, manufactured um, drop zones or anything like that. Like, it will just happen organically. But you have to battle through the test of time and keep drilling to the players. Hey, dude, like, check check those stupid battles and stuff. Like, bro, you're literally streaming. you griefing this guy. Like, you need to be better. Or, like, don't play at all. Right? And you can replace players with, like, semi up to par um alternatives that's what vital has literally done all year long like it's just high pr players that are kind of good at the game they're not near tier one but they're mixed in with the tier one and it simulates what looks like fun practice i hope it works i really hope yeah, elite but, works and in my and... and just one more thing one more thing i think competition is great i think it helps innovate the space there's clearly more than enough players to have two different types of high level practice going on we have two entirely skilled regions coming together plus mexico that is still yet to eventually probably catch on and and start making their way up the ranks through pr and and proof of just skill there's going to be new players that are going to come up and people are like who the heck is that well start finding out right there's going to be new top 100s and it's going to happen so i i will i want to see two thriving spaces i don't want vital to die I don't want Elite to go anywhere. I want I want this to be built out. I think there's a world where you can literally build two different types of products that are great and they support the scene in different ways. That's what, exactly what I was, I was going to say. I want Elite to work. I want Vital to work. And if they just run back to back and players are playing four to six hours of scrims a night, we're going to see some of the best freaking Fortnite that we've yeah. ever seen in North America. And if that happens, whew, us that get to watch, the players that get to play, they're all the winners. And everyone comes out on top. My feedback to Stretch was like, dude, I just, I, I and I put it in, in our group chat. I was like, bro, I just want to see like four good games out of Elite. And it's like, that's all you need, bro. Like four good games with like, you know, no rules, play it out, just play pretty well. And, and it, it should all go well. I, I do feel like, and Pan, I'm going to give you the mic in just a second. I do feel yeah. like the new zones don't help though. Making the mid game boring is like way counterintuitive for, for the players that are already like, again wanting to do stuff so it could just be bad timing as well yeah i think the big thing here is is working in collaboration with one another however i just don't see it i i see stretch and manu both being pretty i don't want to say like uh like egotistical in any kind of way but they both are are very supportive of the product that they're attempting to create with within the scrim uh universe and if one challenges the other despite them probably being able to work very well in partnership with one another, uh, unfortunately will just lead to some tension and also lead to them probably not connecting in any way. So I, I think it's more, more likely we're going to see them challenging one another in times than trying to split up the times so that there's better practice overall for the community. Yeah. Like Manu has no reason to change what he's been doing. He has been running this for the last year, year and a half. Like I said, at a very good level and what stretch is building is clearly disruptive but it's okay to just do your own thing and want to do your own thing so i'm i'm all for that's like i'm for capitalism right like let the man build if he wants to like that's cool right like whatever um but yeah yeah you know it's, it's how you do it so let's hope that stretch steps up and and we get some more policing and things improve um it, it again it doesn't help that the general consensus for the biggest voice in the scene, Aussie Antics, is just like thrashing on the product. But again, he has his own best self-interest. If everything's in one place, it's just better for him. More money, more subs. 
get to watch everything. It's a better experience, better content, easier job. Uh, everyone wants their job to be easy. You don't want it more difficult. So I totally get why he is just like, yo, screw you, elite, shut down. Like, why why are you ruining this this good thing I had? Like, this good thing that we had, seeing all the pros play to one another. I totally get that. But um, it could change. It, it very well can. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a bright future ahead for Fortnite, whether they work together, they don't work together, they both exist, they don't only one exist. It doesn't matter. I'm just excited to see more practice uh, for NA and something to challenge Noble because Noble and EU has been, again, the premier Monopoly. practice experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it really has, and no one has fully challenged them on NA. So It, it was when War Legend just phased out. You know, They just stopped mm -hmm. really being um, administrators of tournaments, and yeah, Noble kind of took off. So. Yeah, to your point as well, like Noble and Vital are the two kind of leaders of the of the regional, you know, the regional class of EU and NA practice. Um, yeah, it's totally, there's totally room for for some extras to come in and probably do some stuff. Well, anyways, that's been uh, this week's episode of the Fortnite podcast. We had a lot to talk about. The NA landscape is in a in a shakeup right now, a rumble going down, and of course, the new season is here as well. Just to add a little. Uh, you know, add some uh, some sugar on top of the cake that, that we have being baked here. It's a, it's a sweet one going on. Um, with that, we're going to go ahead and start uh, signing out here. Don't forget to send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Panda, let the people at home know where they can find you, my boy. Life W Panda on Twitter. That's where I'm at. Um, I'm actually working on something coming up here in, in the next few weeks. Obviously, one of the big announcements that I had of the three unfortunately delayed so i'm waiting to announce that but once that does announce it's gonna be huge yeah so the first place to know of that announcement will definitely be twitter.com slash life w panda so make sure to follow there and uh keep tabs because it's coming Pan pan is the king of uh delays at this point on the podcast <laughs> it's not me I'm, I'm, and i can't even soon. tell you who it is but it, listen it'll happen svg uh Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, baby. That's Let's all go. I got to say. That's how I'm closing out. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Find him at somebody's gun. Always working on cool stuff, man. Well, listen, guys, we have a lot coming up. Like we mentioned before, DreamHack is just two or three weeks away. Uh, there's going to be some cool announcements involved with uh, with our team and, and just everyone involved. We have some cool stuff being being worked on. Um, and then also, we have a practice server league coming soon as well. We'll let you guys know the details on that and, and what we're going to be building there. So big shout-outs to... Uh, yeah, everyone's supporting us in, in the in the meantime. So a lot of cool things we're working on here. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Don't forget to leave your reviews, complaints, and all that good stuff with me here on the podcast. So until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory else. Peace, y'all.